Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Well, 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 Danny. It happened, and it happened fast. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to report a trade. We have a trade to announce. This is not a minor trade. This is not an inconsequential trade. This is a consequential trade. The terms of which are the Brooklyn Nets trading Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris to the Dallas Mavericks for former Net Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, Dallas's unprotected 2029 first-round pick, and Dallas's seconds in both 2027 and 2029. Wow. Uh, and much to discuss here. I'm sure we're going to spend quite a bit of time unpacking this from each team's perspective, from Kyrie's perspective, from the jilted suitors perspective but first just a a little bit of discussion of how we got to this point after we recorded on friday there was a bit more reporting from chris haynes indicating that the stipulations were based on potentially winning a championship for irving i interpreted that to mean that he might only get part of his contract guaranteed if they won a championship and then a la, a la eric gordon incident. yeah 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 or or uh i think al horford is the one who said sure. that and then and spencer dinwiddie i think he gets a one dollar uh bonus if they win the championship mortimer but that's different that's a bonus that's not necessarily a guarantee and then haynes reported that he would not resign with brooklyn even if they offered him a max contract even if they offered him a max contract right now he would not accept it because he was so pissed off at that potential stipulation haynes was asked in a tv hit whether he thought Kyrie would refuse to play for the Nets if not dealt. He said he hadn't talked to him specifically, but his best guess was that he would play. Then Brian Lewis reported early today, a beat writer for the New York Post and a, a oftentimes a guest on, on this program, that Kyrie would not play again for the Nets if he weren't dealt. And while I think that was perhaps a hollow threat because he wanted to get paid, as it turned out, there were real offers on the table for Kyrie Irving. And my approach had been, you and I differed on this a little bit, that if I didn't get an offer that was at least close in terms of allowing the same level of competitive this year once Kevin Durant came back, that I would not make the deal. We even posited pretty much a version of this deal, I think, with draft compensation, Dinwiddie, and Dorian Finney-Smith coming back. And it seems like we'll get to the offers that were rejected by the Nets and whether we liked this offer better for them. But they got enough, at least in their opinion. Danny, did they get enough in your opinion? Yes, they did. And we can discuss and inevitably will whether the whether this is the proper allocation, you know, future assets versus present players and everything else. But in terms of the net 
resources, the 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 return for the Brooklyn Nets for trading Kyrie Irving, to me, this is absolutely sufficient. They got Spencer Dinwiddie, a player who can fill in. He's not Kyrie Irving, but he can do a, he can fill in a, a, a nice kind of amalgamation of some of that role approximation, probably better word for it. Yeah, I, I would then, say Dinwiddie of the guy of the two team other teams that were talked about to have made offered one was the Suns, who supposedly offered Chris Paul and Jay Crowder and a pick maybe, and then the Lakers who offered Russell Westbrook and two first, but did not include Austin Reeves and I can't remember who. Oh yeah, they wanted Max Christie too. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie to me was easily the best ball handling option of those I think and particularly because he's under contract for next year as well doesn't have as many defensive concerns as Chris Paul as many age injury concerns so yeah I think Spencer Dinwiddie of the realistic suitors was the best possible guard they could have gotten back just to add to the list another one that was in there who I think is inferior as well as Luke Kennard was reportedly a part of the uh, yeah. Clippers offer so he could could do that and so a part of the value here for Brooklyn is trying to stay competitive Kevin Durant you know we talked about that that Kevin Durant this uh, what what the resolution with Irving it affects Durant's future but if you could stay competitive he's an amazing player when available right now you could stay in that mix and not only is this Spencer Dinwiddie it's also Dorian Finney-Smith I will give Sean Marks credit not only because of his vision but also the development that the Nets front court looks significantly better now than it did earlier in the season some of that is returns guys like TJ Warren but also Yuta Watanabe is looking like much more of a player they've been getting more so the need for Dorian Smitty-Smith is not as extreme for the Nets as it would have been before he still helps them an absolute ton because he's a capable defender he's a consistent enough shooter that you you'll presumably be guarding him and so to add that especially somebody who has defended a lot of different positions like you think of the the role that he had on the Mavericks it's not going to be the same some of the elements will be valuable for Brooklyn as they move forward yeah as always uh, there are multiple components to whether this is a good trade you can look at just the hey straight up the asset exchange number one and then secondly just where this actually leaves your team to me the second aspect is maybe more important when you have Kevin Durant on your team than necessarily the asset exchanges but I think they did pretty well in both of these and like you I would have done this deal not only to get rid of the Kyrie headache but also because then you have Dinwiddie and Finney Smith who are both young enough guys to continue to contribute next year under contract and I would also say both of those guys have positive trade value on their deals that you've gotten back and so we'll see whether the Nets are done or not they still I think could use another guard and they still haven't really solved their beef problem uh, but again so the guys that they'd be replacing with that beef are probably better than the beefy guys so I don't know if it's even worth the, fixing that problem as we talked about so let's just go through this Nets rotation here Spencer Dinwiddie is probably going to start at the one you would think obviously Kevin Durant and Nick Claxton are going to be in the starting lineup as well and then I think Finney Smith would be in that group also I mean now you've got and now you have a bunch of other options that you can bring in the TJ Warren if he is going well you could play him more but you're not relying on him he's supposed to be back from this shin contusion shortly they've got Watsonabe who I is a good team defender but not a very good one-on-one defender he shot the ball well this year but you know maybe in the playoffs is someone who could get picked on a little bit so you don't necessarily want to have to be relying on him even though he's been good for them this year uh Royce O'Neal of course as well Joe Harris uh, uh, another name that Seth we Curry. mentioned yeah Seth Curry who's may miss some time here with the groin issue uh 
they've got a little more size now in Dinwiddie, so maybe it's easier to play either Curry or Patty Mills. Uh, you know, I think Dinwiddie is a better defender than Kyrie Irving, although Kyrie, when he was locked in, could uh, hold his own uh, in switching matchups. So yeah, they just have a lot of depth now. They aren't nearly as reliant on Ben Simmons. They can, frankly, if they want to, just move Ben Simmons into a bench role, which probably makes the most sense. Like maybe just having him be your backup center kind of makes uh, the most sense. I mean, I think they'll still just because of his name start him early on. And, you know, they probably won't start Finney Smith right away just because he'll be reintegrating. But uh, yeah, I mean, both of uh, we'll see we you and i uh, uh we did some scouting reports on some of the guys that are going to be traded i did finney smith and dinwiddie and so we'll talk more about some of the specifics of those guys games in, in a little bit and you know how good dorian finney smith is really it's always hard to tell with these three and d guys since both of their skills are either ephemeral in the case of shooting or difficult to evaluate in the case of defense but yeah this is a a deep team i wouldn't say they quite have the upside and they still i think have well i guess you know they've got cam thomas if they really need another guy who can come in and be a scorer now as well i mean i think he's for that kind of bench scoring guard role like i don't think he's like underqualified for that i mean we saw what he did against the wizards in that game that we broadcasted on saturday so maybe they don't really need anything else necessarily they don't need to trade for uh you know kind of that spark plug off the bench guy they've also got edmund sumner if they need someone who can play some conventional pick and roll defense at the point of attack so they've really got a lot of versatility now on this team i just wonder if they have like the highest end possible outcomes offensively they might be a little too easy to guard at the absolute highest levels but they got a ton of depth man i just love american giant just an amazing clothing company i was reminded again of how much i love it when i drove from california to montana over the all-star break and you know what it's like when you're on a long road trip and it's cold particularly when it starts off warm in the bay and then we get into some really cold areas you're like well i don't want to wear like my jacket in the car but then i get out to fill gas i'm going to be freezing but the american giant hoodie was perfect because despite being made out of a nice heavy material that'll keep you warm it's not too hot as well so i was able to wear it in the car not be too hot step out of the car and still be warm enough when i was filling up gas or going into a restaurant or something that i didn't feel like i needed my jacket even when it was cold outside and things are amazingly durable i proposed to my wife wearing an american giant hoodie in the grand canyon almost seven years ago i still own that same hoodie i still wear it constantly and american giant has since spread out into all sorts uh, of other types of clothing like their premium slub crew tee the no bs high-rise pant the slim roughneck pant featured in giant magazine issue two every american giant piece is made in america and designed to last no exceptions and it provides year-round comfort so find a closet staple for every part of your spring days at american-giant.com and get 20 percent off your first order when you use that finger code capspace at checkout Easy remember we talk about capspace all the time here on the program that's 20 percent off your first order at american-giant.com don't forget that cap space code to let them know you came from us anyone who's seen our youtube videos knows that i don't wear formal stuff all the time so when it's time 
to dress up rather than dress down i highly recommend inochino they were the official outfitter of my wedding i got my tux from there all my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well i felt really good about having them be the outfit of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly because when you go somewhere else you're not going to get something that's made for you so why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you and not only does indochino have the suits that made them famous but now they've got everything blazers pants women's wear outerwear designed and made for you hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from european wools linen cottons tons of colors tons of patterns you can customize things like the lapel the vents the pockets and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style level up your game with indochino go to indochino.com use the code capspace user capspace we talk about all the time here on the program you get 10 percent off any purchase of 399 dollars or more that's 10 percent off at indochino i-n-d-o-c-h-i-n-o indochino.com and don't forget that capspace code to let them know that you came from us that's a reasonable interpretation of it. I mean, Din, that's part of the difference between Dinwiddie and Irving is that incandescence. Like Dinwiddie is more of a more of a, fun, a functional piece, a very capable one. That's more his game than the Kyrie Irving. What are we going to do to stop this guy? He just has these moments where yeah. he's un- unguardable. And that was a part of the essence of the Nets was having at times three then in modern vintage two of those kinds of players and the theory of that is is gone now there there you can't really bring that back unless somebody reaches that rarefied air which I wouldn't expect even though Cam Thomas had a massive game in the one we did for the strategy stream can I ask you a question just just for this year did they get better raised their floor lowered their ceiling yeah I think that's probably a fair way to put it Uh, but then when you also throw in they may have the assets to make another move uh they got this 29 first from uh, the Mavs as well and you know I, I mean I think where they would make a move would be to get maybe a higher level scoring guard we'll see who's available we haven't heard of anyone else that would be available except maybe Fred Van Vliet uh you know and they could they could probably outbid uh the LA Clippers now for him if that's really the direction they wanted to go but and I don't know if they could outbid Phoenix they probably can't so but Van Vliet's another guy who would be a, a pretty good fit there but yeah I mean they're not going to get a guy who's the same level of talent as Kyrie Irving that's not how these trades work so i but i think there's an argument right i mean if you just kind of look at the math like okay they got a lot better on defense probably with finney smith they also got more reliable like you said raising the floor so i think you can, their championship odds are lower maybe their playoff outcomes a little higher uh, their median playoff outcomes a little higher but then you also throw in getting the pick and then you throw in the finances as well so first of all that just includes saving a bunch of money this year before this deal brooklyn is 34.8 million over the tax 108 million dollar tax payment total salary plus tax of 293.1 million after this deal they are 28.6 million over the tax they save about six million dollars in just their cap number the tax payment is lowered from 108 down to 79 so team salary plus tax uh, it goes from 293 down to 258 so they're saving themselves about 35 million dollars here as well uh so that's useful certainly and then also you throw in next year a you have the team control on Dinwiddie and Finney Smith Dinwiddie could even be extended if you wanted to after this season or then you compare that to they save money this year but then Kyrie 
almost certainly, even if they brought him back next year, he needs a max contract. You know, that starts in the mid forties. And then of course the, he would probably become a bad contract going out further, both because of his unreliability and just his age. And the fact that that would be a 35% max contract. So that they are in much better shape going forward. And I mean, if you look at just the pure asset play, Danny, what do you think if a team were just trying to trade for only Dorian Finney-Smith and they are willing to give up draft picks to get him? Like, what would be a fair price for Finney-Smith? It's probably two firsts, right? Maybe not two great firsts, but like two like lotto-protected firsts. Does that seem fair? It's reasonable. I was thinking one reasonable first and a young player of interest, but that's relatively commensurate value. Right. Yeah. So, so, and then Dinwiddie, I mean, I think he's he's played well like he's always had like kind of a worse brand than you and i have thought of him but i mean he's played exceedingly well as a dallas maverick uh and we'll talk about that a little bit more and maybe it's over his head a little bit but you know to get a starting point guard making 20 million which is that's actually kind of almost below average money at this point for a starting point guard and it had another year on his deal like that's probably another first worth of value too so i mean they almost really got like not for unprotected first worth of value but like pretty close to that for kyrie irving and that's given all the issues that Irving had and that he's in the last year of his contract and his age and he's going to need a new contract in theory that's pretty damn good value like they I think they did about as well as could have been hoped just for a player of Irving's level at this point in his contract regardless of whether he'd had these past issues or not usually players that good don't hit the market Irving being an obvious yeah. exception and, that and proves definitely the rule. Not, not they don't hit the market the trade deadline before they're going to be a free agent like that was exactly. something that happened maybe that would have happened 10 years ago but now the situation generally would come to a head much earlier extension and, and we and thought it did come to a head much earlier sure. and Kyrie had no market <laughs> in the offseason and so yeah I mean you can think about that element of this as well in terms of the 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 waiting benefit for Brooklyn I, I presume they got significantly more here than they would have and I think you and I it's I mean you could even go back to my writing with real GM and everything else one of the things that I really like about the way we try to do this is just because one team did well and we'll talk about the the roads not traveled for the Nets and compare those as well but just because one team does well in a trade does not mean the other team did poorly and for Dallas well could, the, should we finish up on, on the Nets first if you were you going if there's anything yeah if there's anything else you want to do sure yeah well so I, I mean I think where do they rank in the East after this deal? Katie, assuming KD comes back, plays at the same level he was playing at before. I still want to see the Bucks at kind of full strength, probably third. I still don't trust Philly's defense. They're in that, I'd say it's them and Philly probably battling three, four with Cleveland in there as well. Yeah, I, I think that's about right. I, I would favor them over Cleveland. I think I would probably favor their specific matchup over Philly, although I might like Philly better maybe in some other matchups. I don't I don't pick them over full strength Milwaukee. Chris Middleton's actually starting to look better from Milwaukee right now too, or Boston. But hey, there's a puncher's chance, and particularly, I, I mean, we saw it with Boston last year. Chris Middleton goes down. Like, you get in there, you got a fair amount of depth. They, they've got more depth, I think, than anyone in the conference now except for Boston. And you still got kevin durant it's just you're going to be asking a lot of kevin durant uh offensively in these fights but there's also i mean the last thing i want to talk about is just is there a move who would you be trying to get if you were them right now where they here's what they have to trade they've got basically they can offer their own 28 or 29 and a swap in whatever year that isn't they've got this unprotected 2029 dallas first and then they've got this likely 2027 philly first that has some protections on it and also might be slowed down a little bit by 
previous obligations that Philly has uh, to Oklahoma City from the Al Horford trade. So that's that's essentially what you've got. You you could go through three first round picks uh, essentially, and of course someone like Finney Smith or Royce O'Neal or it's a, they've got a few other guys who might be be worth moving uh, in a deal. But those type of guys are more valuable to a team like them than maybe to the receiving team. Who who would you be targeting with this remaining asset? Because I do think they need a little more scoring. I think they're just a little more creation i'll go more concept and specific player but my thought was someone who could be who isn't ball dominant but can create in circumstances especially advantage create like the advantage is created for them capable defensively but it doesn't have to be their biggest strength as a player and then as a reliable three-point shooter who fits that bill who is currently on the market burks is interesting i'm not saying yeah, it, all, to, all to me I, he's not enough of an upgrade on some of the other guys they have i i think and that then kind of messes up your your defensive i mean burks is okay defensively but he's I think van he's, van vliet would be fascinating yeah, if he's willing he's, to resign. he's the guy to me he's the guy to me um or it would have to if the old if not him boyan he's not mm, I, th- I, I, don't I don't think you want another forward sized guy too yeah i mean I, i'd be you know if it's uh paul george you know yeah, it, sure. it's a guy who really can create but like they, they don't they have no passing on this team that's kind of a problem particularly uh, uh unless it's ben simmons and his overpassing and i just i don't think ben simmons is really going to figure honestly uh, that's been either he's not going to be good enough or he's going to be injured or both so then maybe you go more pie in the sky with the likes of like guys that we don't know who are available yet uh, along the lines of like a zach levine or uh you know i don't think DeRozan is someone who would be available and uh, the lakers i think the lakers could probably outbid for DeRozan at this point uh and, and yeah just getting more three and d guys doesn't do a ton for me at this point in time uh, uh you know a shooter with more size in, in along the lines of boyan maybe it, it would be nice to just get more shooting but i still don't think you know your dinwiddie boyan second yeah, maybe like dinwiddie and boyan and kd is enough so I, I would inquire i mean if i could give up one of these first to get bogdanovich i might do it maybe not the unprotected one maybe if i could do it for like that philly one i would do that but yeah i, in, I think Van in, a very, in a very different direction somewhat different direction they could also for a lower at lower collection of assets go after a point of attack defender who can shoot and create a little bit more in the caruso jose alvarado mold that would give them an element they don't really have right now i could see that as a you know you can't get the big one but you could get somebody like that who maybe they could recoup their value okay let's get to dallas now would you have done this deal as the dallas mavericks if we're thinking about this purely in terms of talent yes Kyrie Irving is the most talented player that the Mavericks can presumably get their hands on they also still you know only giving up one first and it's pretty distant they could still put together some packages for players however personally if I were running a team I wouldn't want to get in the Kyrie Irving business right now and the it does there is not a like an assigned next contract but Dallas is certainly leveraged right now in terms of giving Irving a significant contract whatever the duration of that is and i also remain skeptical there will be times that the fit of irving and Doncic is brilliant there will be times that there will be a lot of tension but it's more just the bigger issue that Kyrie Irving has 
through his own actions and decisions, now made life significantly more difficult on three different franchises, two of which have already had the chance to thrive without him, and the third will get the chance soon. Yeah, and certainly as you get into this analysis for the Nets, you'd say just getting rid of the headache. I don't know how much that's worth, but it's definitely worth something, and hopefully they can have a little bit more chemistry. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I guess let's, let's start here before we even analyze what this Mavs team, of course, all of this is part and parcel, but there's a feeling of course that there's a big opportunity cost here and they owe this pick in 23 that'll come off the books though once uh they presumably uh, get out of the top 10 in the lottery this season which seems relatively assured you never want to say it's totally assured uh the the Mavs are 0 and 7 this season without Doncic by the way uh supposedly this heel thing is not super long term but I mean they would have continued to they, they at least Irving's supposed to debut maybe on Wednesday so they'll at least start to have a fighting chance you'd think games so Kyrie as the lone star is hasn't been amazing at times in terms of just boosting the team's offense but surely he'll do more than Dinwiddie you'd say once that deal or, or once that deal for the pick to the Knicks is satisfied then they would still be able to trade picks they could do 24 and 26 and even protect them into 25 and 27 they obviously cannot trade 28 and they can't trade 30 which would have been a available as well that's one of the downsides here it actually if there is a way they could have gotten away with it i think actually doing 28 unprotected rather than 29 would have been better for them because then they could have done 24 26 and 30 as soon as this year's draft uh but after once you get to the 24 draft then they would be able to trade a 31 and more would open up again they could do a three first round pick trade at that point so they, they only would be encumbered to only be able to trade two for a year essentially after this so it's not the end of the world that it's 29 and i'm guessing the nets probably wanted the furthest away pick to do the deal because that's the year that luka Doncic is most likely to not be a maverick of all the years they could have traded obviously 29 is the latest they could have traded so they still have some ammo to do something there was this feeling that they were going to get one more shot that they didn't want to make moves at this deadline because they didn't want to use their one chance for a star and this is so Danny as you think about it if if that's true and I think they they might have other ways to at least get into the mix not maybe for even someone as talented as Irving but you know the next Drew Holiday level of player or someone like Van Vliet very low level like all-star-ish player becomes available they could get in the mix for that guy going forward but if in fact this is their one shot at it was it better to take this or would it have better to just see what's behind door number two not knowing what that would have been Man, it is crazy to think that I've been working with Helix Sleep since 2015. And I think that's because my story with them seems to really resonate with listeners. If you've never heard it before, that was kind of the beginning of the direct-to-consumer boom. And there was another very prominent mattress company at that time that was trying to convince you that mattresses were one-size-fits-all. They found the one formula, the one mattress that was going to work for everyone. My then-girlfriend, now-wife, and I ordered that mattress. We ended up having to return it because, hey, guess what? Not everyone is the same. And then she did some more research and found Helix Sleep. We took their sleep quiz and we found a mattress that actually worked 
for us and our body types and uh, helix offers 20 unique matches everybody sleeps differently and helix matches are designed for specific sleep positions and field preferences hot or cold side sleeper back sleeper so take that helix sleep quiz find your perfect mattress in under two minutes and it's shipped straight to your door free of charge it's no risk because you really need to sleep on the mattress in your own home you're like well how should i order this if i can't sleep I'm like yeah you're not going to learn anything by going to the mattress store and sleeping on the mattress where do i take my shoes off do i leave my shoes on but then my feet kind of hang off the bed because i don't want to put my shoes on the bed and is it weird that i'm laying here for more than 30 seconds you can't tell anything under those circumstances you might as well just order it get it sent to your house get that 100 night trial they're 10 to 15 year warranty depending on the model and there's never been a better time to try a helix sleep mattress because they are offering 20 percent off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash capspace easier slash capspace we talk about all the time here on the program that's helixsleep.com slash capspace this is their best offer yet i can attest to that since i've been working with them for nine years and it won't last long with helix better sleep starts now don't forget that slash capspace url to let them know that you came from us Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. For me, door number two, only because of the unreliability of Kyrie Irving. And as Dallas, you're taking on a lot of risk in availability, in chemistry, when you already have this wonderful foundational piece. The argument is you need more than that foundational piece to get to the levels that you are dreaming of. You know, that would be advancing beyond the Western Conference Finals, making it to the NBA Finals, and ideally winning it. You need more talent than they have. And the curse, if you will, of simultaneously not having good picks, mostly not because of the picks they traded, just they're too good for that. And I would argue not cultivating a ton of young talent with the low picks that you have and second or seconds and everything else is they didn't have a lot of means to add a player this good. And so the argument is we had to do something. This is the best something we could do. And the only reason Irving was available is because of these other things. And so if that's if that's what makes him gettable, then it's worth it. I disagree with that just because of the specifics of Irving. However, especially considering in some ways the relationship of Nico Harrison and like and and Irving and understanding what he can be. I this is one where I understand it. And I think I'm further on the like no like I wouldn't have Kyrie on my team camp than most media members fans that gets hard to calibrate i've been reading reddit the last few days and there are definitely people beyond me on that respect but that's that's the reason for me that i'm dubious it's not the talent and it's not even the fit even though i think there will be some challenges there yeah jason kidd also reportedly has a good relationship with irving and and was very much on board with this move luka Doncic uh, reportedly uh according to shams was consulted and uh, i think that was shams uh, who had that was consulted and he signed off on it i think this move makes dallas more likely to be a big threat in the short term and perhaps this is a good year to go for it because the west is just so wide open like i I don't think as it stands right now that this mavs team now they could they still probably need some reinforcements we'll get to that but that they there's anyone that they can't beat in a series as it stands at this moment now we'll see how the the rest of the teams evolve and who's playing well towards the end and stuff we got some other news we got to get to with steph curry that's uh, also maybe 
maybe going to impact the West race. But I think so. I think they're more likely to make noise in the short term. I don't know if they're likely to win a championship. Uh, and again, we'll kind of go through their depth chart in a second here. But I think that this move in the end, while there is more of a short term upside, more than of one than I thought would be possible. And I think Kyrie is probably more talented than anyone they would have hoped to get over this period. You also consider the age of Kyrie Irving. And when Luka Doncic is really going to be making his decision, right? Like they just made the West finals last year. Like I, I'm not anticipating that in all, all likelihood, they're going to be making it beyond the West finals, but they still felt all this pressure with Luka. They took a step backwards this year. Like Kyrie Irving is not going to be like a dominant regular season player. Like this isn't good, the, the type of thing where I think Dallas is going to be like cruising to the number one one seed in some of these years in comparison to where where say a team like denver or the grizzlies is going to be as an established regular season winner so they're always going to kind of be this like puncher's chance team that try to catch fire in the playoffs and i think in the end regardless of how good they're going to be now even if they have another couple of years they make it to the west finals luka Doncic isn't going to be making his decision after this year he's going to make his decision probably after next year or the year after as far as whether he wants to stay in dallas or be traded and making this move to me makes it more likely that dallas will be weak two or three years from now than the door number two option beyond that i agree with all that beyond that it doesn't shift you so dramatically during the intervening period that you're going to get a subsequent like big old honeymoon like there's a chance i don't expect it to be i don't expect them to win a championship over the next two to three years personally yeah well i didn't expect them to do that regardless of, sure. of what they did and well so, and so let's actually go through, yeah one, yeah, one point i want to make on the you brought up the you know the pressure that the mavericks that the mavericks may be feeling right now that pressure was insufficient for them to retain Jalen Brunson. And these two moves are related, but not necessarily connected. What changed there? Did they think they were going to miss Brunson less than they have? Did they think Brunson was going to look worse in New York than he has? Possibly. That is a... It, it creates it creates some some challenges here on the idea of like well we didn't work as hard as we could to do it then and that might have increased their urgency to solve it more quickly yeah. because that yeah. was it might not have been a discretionary decision at the end because of the connections that Brunson has to the Knicks it definitely was one at one point yeah and clearly I think you would say hey would I rather just had our team from last year that made it to the West Valley? like that that team the way it was playing I think I might consider them to be if you just had that team playing that well and then also considering that Brunson took another step forward I would say this year that team to me might be the West favorite right now and of course you would also have uh, that 29 pick and you know the seconds aren't anything to totally sneeze at either in the end like those will at least uh, could have helped you like you know dump JaVale McGee and save yourself a shitload of tax money which yeah maybe that move will still be coming but uh, and now Brooklyn will have the ability to do those same types of moves so yeah they, they would have been better off obviously even even re-signing Brunson to a deal this offseason that would have been you know even if it were say 30 million dollars a year they would have been better off with that than I think this Kyrie thing and now it has been pointed out that if it doesn't work out with Kyrie we don't have to sign him to another deal like it's been reported that they're not going to extend him to that two-year deal around 80 million that they could have and it seems like neither side is would be interested in that at this moment and this is kind of a trial period etc etc but then surely Kyrie would be looking for at least three years you would think if things go well and again they could the fact that things go well this year i mean we've seen Kyrie trying to be on his best behavior he didn't necessarily succeed that much with the nets uh, but you think it's going to go right back to potentially being difficult after this 
And if once he gets what he wants in terms of the salary, and then also there's the factor that Kyrie also gets injured pretty often as well. I mean, he hasn't finished. I think he it's four playoffs. No, I'm sorry, I misspoke. Three playoffs. No, I think it was four playoffs actually, because uh, he he didn't go to the bubble either because he had the shoulder in. Um, so four playoffs since 2015 that he hasn't finished due to injury so there's also that potential aspect and he's getting older he doesn't play that many games either you would think it just for maintenance over the course of the season so that's also an issue here going forward and they'll have paid him a, a bunch of money they could in theory have cap space if they let him walk if they moved on from reggie bullock and they could probably clear out some other stuff reasonably well they could i, I actually think they might end up stretching bertans this offseason anyway to spread him over five years and also waive him so that uh he doesn't get a chance to play in 75 percent of the games and guarantee his final year salary of his deal so that might be a way they could open up more so they could get the max cap room this offseason but that's no Kyrie. who the fuck else is on this team route danny luka Doncic, reggie block christian wood though he's a pending unrestricted free agent tim hardaway jr well let's do this what do you think the starting five healthy is now we have the good news that moxie kleba is getting closer what do you think their starting five is now yeah they generally have not wanted to start kleba and don't want to play him that many minutes so block obviously irving Doncic. I mean, they need uh, Wood and Dwight Powell, or I mean, Wood probably just has to start at this point. Would they try to get Josh Green in there, maybe? Because they just have so much scoring, and, and Green has made some open threes at least. So, yeah, maybe it would be Block, Josh Green. I mean, they're going to be awfully small, and they already were small, and they're kind of losing the guy who is their four. And, like, I mean, I think they're going to have a lot of lineups where maybe they put Hardaway Jr. in, and they're, uh, you know, playing him at the three, and they're playing Block at the four on some of these and uh you know i mean i think probably their best group would be klebo wood block irving Doncic. i can buy that but i mean they they're gonna basically have three guys out there at all times who can't guard anybody and, and losing finney smith now they've been without finney smith for a month here with this groin issue too and i think there's also maybe an argument as we'll talk about a little bit later that they sold at a good time on dorian finney smith uh, i think they they did sell high on him would, would be my thought and probably also uh, frankly on Dinwiddie but yeah I mean they need more and they have these other picks they can even trade now you know they could trade a, a 25 and a 27 first still right now so maybe there's more that they could get but yeah I mean they just desperately need rim protection I, I mean I think once you're going to Luca and Kyrie and those guys are just playing such big minutes I and mean, you probably need to just go kind of the more conventional rim protector defense rather than like a more versatile switching group like I think you're just you're not going to be able to have enough athleticism and ability to protect the rim with those two guys out there trying to switch and then you also need to have some shooting as well so i i think like a more traditional rim protector would be helpful like i actually would consider going the Jakob portal route right now if i were them um he, he could be I interesting like, i like that idea it is they've thrown a lot of resources at center but they don't really have anybody who does <laughs> everything everything that Jakob Pertl does and that ties in with something that i wanted to discuss for the mavericks which is this team made the western conference finals roughly eight months ago and it is striking to me how far more in theory in concept than anything else 
they have gone away from the theory of that team offensively and defensively. So maybe they're they're closer to it offensively now, bringing in you know the, that they've functionally swapped both Brunson and Dinwiddie for Kyrie Irving, who is superior than either one of them individually. That switching concept defensively is significantly less tenable now. If the idea is that you're going to play Doncic and Irving together. And they, you know, you also lost one of the players who made that work in Dorian Finney-Smith. Like, they, were, they didn't have that many configurations that were viable in those iterations yeah. before. I, I mean, there's a reason that he and Bullock were both playing, like, 43 minutes a game in the playoffs last year. Exactly. And so, Nico Harrison and the overall Mavericks front office, they had that theory of the case. Now, you and I were bigger believers in it than many, including, you know, picking the Mavericks in the Western Conference Finals, but I believe both of us picked it in six games. Still, there was merit to that approach, and you had to, you know, it was hard to cultivate more players like that, and they've they've gone in a different direction. That different direction could succeed. We won't know that for a long time. It is just a different direction. And they're going to be absolutely unstoppable, I mean, even if, especially if they put Wood out there with Doncic and Kyrie, and they're going to have just, Kyrie is going to have a very good situation. The, I would say. By, the, by the way, the ridiculousness of a Denver Dallas series now, like the potential of oh, the man. with neither team really having the right pieces to counter what the other one wants to do. <laughs> yeah, it would be yeah, I, it would I, be. I mean, they could just be completely unstoppable. Uh, and I mean, maybe they find a way to get it done and get out of the West if the West is weak. Right. I mean, this is this just isn't no matter how good your offense is. Even those LeBron Cavs teams, number one, they were coming out of an East that was bullshit. And number two, I think they still had more athleticism and defense when they really wanted to turn it up than a team like this Mavs team is going to have. Obviously, the Kyrie fit next to Luka. People have made this observation. I'll second it that Luka is pretty close to LeBron on offense, not on defense, uh, which uh, is a concern. This team also still has the weakness, too, of still only having two guys who can dribble. They didn't really solve that. Uh, and maybe they'll they could acquire someone else like that for some seconds or something uh, unless they're playing on playing Jaden Hardy, which I wouldn't recommend. You know, I don't think Markeith Morris. They did get him in this trade. I don't think he's really. I think that seemed like it was mostly just to equalize the roster spots. I wouldn't anticipate him figuring they'll probably give him a shot, but hard to see uh, that he, he doesn't have enough athleticism to really help them in the front court defensively. I wouldn't say. Well- Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. So, Nate, briefly, I want to go back to I, – I, when you asked me the question of, like, kind of would you have done this deal, I said point blank I wouldn't have wanted to be in the Kyrie Irving business. I know that a lot of other people disagree. Where are you on that? If you were the general manager of a team that could have acquired Kyrie Irving, 
broadly speaking, we don't have to get into well, if it was the Lakers, I would do it or anything. I would, but I wouldn't if I were T-Max. Where, where do you fit on that right now? Well, I think we do need to be specific because there's a level of desperation. It is Kyrie Irving is perhaps the ultimate high risk, high reward player that we've ever seen in terms of acquiring both with the injuries and the craziness and the age for that man. I mean, I think he'll age okay because he's such a good shooter. Um, but uh, and again, I'll try to get a little bit deeper. I did a little film analysis on him just looking at uh, some of his games over the past couple of weeks here that we'll talk about in a second. But uh, I mean, I think we have all everyone has a pretty good idea of what Kyrie Irving is. To me, it would have made more sense with the lakers and the lakers in fact did offer the two first round picks uh like i've said a couple of times i would have offered the two first for Kyrie. i would have done it in the off season and I, I think i said i would have done it now as well and in the end that wasn't enough to get it done suppose they wanted reeves and max christie i still don't think necessarily for what the nets would have wanted that basically the biggest package the lakers could offer would have beat this Mavs package because the lakers didn't have anyone as good as spencer dinwiddie or dorian finney smith to offer and the nets were concerned about getting players and i don't think they could have traded for players as good as dinwiddie and finney smith with one of those lakers picks and i don't think that i mean i think i probably actually would maybe rather have that mavs pick than lakers pick just because the lakers are will always have the ability to acquire some players you would think with it being la whereas the mavs they could just be in a down cycle regardless even given as uh young as luca is and that's why maybe i wouldn't have felt the same desperation as the mavs and luca Doncic is 23 and yes he is only under contract for three more seasons after this one before a player option and you might start to feel the heat once he has two more seasons left and hey he's probably really like this team is not good enough and the Mavs fucked it up and so they feel all this pressure but I think we have seen the history of make the move to assuage the superstar I think that's really only happened worked out once and that was Drew Holiday for Giannis maybe but I think that that's a move that probably would have been a good one anyway and also Giannis was going into the last year (laughs) of his deal at that point he didn't have three years left on his deal the way uh, four postseasons left on his deal and three years left so now Luca could have just started to pout his way out of town and they wouldn't have had that uh, amount of time potentially so maybe maybe they just had a better understanding internally of just how dire the situation was and it was required to make this move but I still think a team like the Lakers or even the Clippers given this the ages of their principles I would have been more keen to make this move as one of them than Luca, where you have time for door number two to materialize in a way that you don't for some of these older teams so I I'm, I'm like right on the borderline as to whether I would have done this as Dallas and like I think if they can fill out this team with uh you know maybe someone along the lines of Dorian Finney-Smith <laughs> after this and do that with the assets that they still have which is something now I think you can also say they only had to give up one first for Kyrie like this they did the hard part already and you can get just role-playing wing contributors you can get defenders for the assets that they have remaining or maybe Josh Green develops or something along those lines uh so I I I, I'm not saying that this is a bad move for the Mavs I'm like right on the borderline um you know I think KP gave it a D I didn't get a chance to read his article yet I tried to avoid it so I could give my own unvarnished take but uh 
I think I ultimately would have done it, especially because I think I Dinwiddie and DFS. It's like th- those guys are like you can find guys like that. Like they- they're worth something. I would have if I was willing to trade Dinwiddie and DFS and a first. I might have tried to see what else was out there, but I don't think there was anything like Kyrie. So I think I actually would have done it. But I I like to chase the really high end outcomes more than a lot of people like high risk high reward. I think I'm there, but it, it I my final point is yeah, it makes less sense than for a team where it's like yeah, the clock is ticking like right now let's go to some of the other reported and we have more detailed reporting on this than basically yeah. any other but well, you know my trade. theory on why that is is because the stars on those teams particularly when lebron james was displeased that they didn't get him and so the it got leaked what the offers were because they wanted to make it clear that they tried that's a reasonable theory i was surprised that we also got reasonably detailed reporting on what the suns offered and what the clippers offered that the lakers yeah sure that makes that makes sense that also makes me think that it was more from from brooklyn's side rather than from the other teams we'll have to see and yeah, so but it's not it's it's not good business though no it's to, not <laughs> to leak to leak what was offered that wasn't accepted so i i would i would guess that brooklyn didn't do that there's also and and particularly because uh you know it didn't go through brooklyn's favored reporter as far That's as what was point. offered yeah i was i was not as connected to my phone today as as others so that i think that's reasonable let's, let's go through some of the offers so it appears that russell westbrook and both lakers unprotected in 27 and 29 were on the table and that per shams the nets wanted austin reeves and max christie in addition let's say those and players, pick swaps according and, to oh and pick well. swaps that's right um let's say that it's just what the lakers offered do you would you have considered that instead of what dallas did as the brooklyn nets no i i like the dallas offer better uh because uh, again like they're for brooklyn this is the year that matters and i don't think they could have parlayed the additional picks into players quickly enough that would have been the level of dinwiddie or finney smith i mean that dallas offered them the best three and d guy and the best playmaking guard that was available i think for many of the teams. there's also a wild hypothetical to get into where the lakers are significantly more poorly run but they are a major free agent market they have bounced back quickly and so betting against the lakers has been a reasonable return at different points in time betting against the mavericks considering their young star seems a little bit more awkward but i i I would weight those picks the 29 lakers and the 29 mavs pretty equally but if you could have gotten control of the lakers draft for from 26 all the way through 29 with pick swaps and 26 and 29 or, or 28 as well then maybe you start to like that more but the pick swaps aren't really those are really hard to trade uh particularly for a team like brooklyn that doesn't have a bunch of their own picks going forward that's and i guess i guess the other issue is you need a pick to swap for brooklyn so they wouldn't have i i I don't think they even have a 26 pick that they could have swapped with la so maybe they wouldn't have uh let's see yeah or i guess they could have they could have swap in 28 uh yeah, that's right. Yeah, they could have done a swap in 28. That's it. Um, then I, I largely agree with that analysis. And, well, and well, when, so as the Lakers, would you have offered more? I don't I even don't, know if it would have got it done, frankly. Given I don't know if it wouldn't have, but I would not have held the line. This is, seems very similar to me to some other negotiations we've seen. If, if the reason that the deal didn't happen is a player like Max Christie or Austin Reeves, cheap players help. They're not, those players are not going to be definitive on the next great Lakers team. 
Reeves more yeah. likely. Well, than well I mean, Reeves Reeves is someone who might have actually started for them when he came back. Sure. So, so I think that's you know, maybe. And it's hard, if, and he's hard to replace yeah. because we know they would have basically. Well, actually, in the in the Irving hypothetical, they stay over, so they could have used the taxpayer middle level and some yeah. other stuff. Well, and also, I would imagine the Lakers probably would have wanted a player back from the Nets who could play. I mean, maybe that would have been Joe Harris. Maybe it would have been Seth Curry or Utah. Yeah. Oh, and also matching the salary, it would have had to have been. Yeah, that that presumably would have been a contributor. Right. Um. So you're gonna get to Phoenix then? Yeah, we could do Phoenix. So Phoenix reportedly, uh, Chris Haynes had this that it was Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and an unspecified number of draft picks. Phoenix controls their own draft. They have all their own picks and no extras. So unspecified could be a lot of different things. Yeah, and then Shams expanded on that, saying that the what was offered was one first round pick. And again, we don't know when that pick was offered. If I'm Brooklyn, I'm prioritizing the later picks. That's kind of been the tactic du jour around the league to get the later picks once the team isn't as good anymore. You know, getting the Phoenix first this year wouldn't have been too sexy for me. And it's believed that doing three first round picks could have clinched a deal. I think that was probably too much for the Suns, and the Suns never made a better offer other than paul crowder and the one first round pick and i think obviously it was better for brooklyn to take the dallas uh, offer than that one um and then the clippers i don't think there's really anything they could have come with you know they could have offered 28 swap 29 first and they had plenty of matching salaries through players who might have been able to help the nets now there's all this reporting that like uh, terrence mann is like this big untouchable for the clippers uh, again like that he's a role player right like the ultimately you don't let a role player get in the way of an upgrade like this um and Ty Lue was he'd had his conflicts with Irving in Cleveland but he hadn't closed the door on it he was willing to try with him again but I think you know if Terrence Mann if it would have been like a first to swap Terrence Mann and some of some of the guys that they have I think I would have done that as the Clippers if that would have got it done I'm not sure that would have got it done to beat the Mavs offer however I think that's everyone who was reported like being in the mix I believe so, yes. The last thing I would say here is good job by Chatelia, Riley, Irving, and Kyrie. From just a pure business standpoint, they got what they wanted. He is a much better chance of getting paid in Dallas than I think he did in Brooklyn. My theory being that, hey, if he goes to Dallas and he gives you two good months and has a good playoff run, it's much easier for Dallas to convince themselves, oh, Kyrie has changed. We're never going to have any issues with them. I think there's just too much institutional pain, too many, too much misery, particularly with Joe Sy, who seemed like he himself really didn't want to commit to Irving. I thought that they should have been willing to offer Irving a three-year deal because they were kind of pot committed in the off season. And obviously the anti-Semitism thing made it look like that wasn't a great idea. Like would they have ever gotten Kyrie to relent on that had he not been in the last year of his deal? Who knows? You know, that probably would have been bad advice to, but they also wouldn't have had this situation and maybe they could have traded him for more. Uh, I I don't know. Uh, Probably not. But, but in any event, you know, Kyrie was like, Hey, I've been on good behavior for a while. And yes, it's ridiculous. Be like, yeah, two months of good behavior. Like go ahead and give me a four year max deal. And I'm going to freak out when you try to put some stipulations on the guarantee. But I think that might've been an indication and probably a correct one to Kyrie that, you know, unless they like won a championship or something this year, that there really wasn't much he could have done to have that offer be forthcoming from Brooklyn in the offseason. And so getting out of there was the right move because he just has a much better chance of a payday now. So uh, Ms. Irving is a inexperienced agent, uh, but uh, she has a, you know, an ample business background. But this trade request was absolutely the right business 
move for her and Kyrie Irving. That negotiation with the Mavericks and presumably other teams and the Lakers, depending on what happens in the remainder of this deadline, will be a looming shadow over it. But Irving would have to sacrifice in all likelihood so much money to go to the Lakers. And there isn't really a realistic yeah, path for a sign in. Just, just the math on that. Uh, Irving's starting salary with the Mavs is projected to be $47 million to start next season. And the most he would probably get be able to get as a starting salary from the Lakers would be around $31 million, subject to the cap. But that's, uh, and because AD and LeBron make so much that they, there's, they cannot get to a max slot under any circumstances. They also can't season. functionally do a sign in trade. So, and not even uh, if you, Dallas would. Why can't they? Well, it would be, it, I oh, guess, they, would they have don't to have the Westbrook. matching salary. Yeah. I mean, they would have to re sign one well, of the Well, and they'd be, they'd be hard capped. And I'm not even sure you could fit Kyrie at the salary he would want Davis and, and James and minimums i'm not even sure you could make that work yeah. we'd have to run no, the math and again it. like because they're trying to win next year they can't just go into a season with just those three guys and no depth but we've seen how that movie works um so yeah I, I but i think uh so he may not have the leverage unless you know a houston wants to get involved or something so i mean this would be probably will be a watfo i'm guessing because i love my Kyrie watfos uh, as i know you do too of you know what how much money guaranteed he actually ends up getting this offseason but of course I think we can at least wait to see how the playoffs and the rest of the season work out for him. But let us return to those Kyrie Irving Watfos. The first of these, it was still open. We thought perhaps it was off the table. Then for a glorious moment, it was on the table again. But it I think we can finally cross this one off. June 30th of 2022, after the Kyrie trade request opt out, couldn't extend with the Nets thing became public. We posited the question of whether Kyrie Irving would be a Laker during the 22-23 season. And your prediction? 55% chance. You said 60, and it ended up not happening. As yeah, of now, I guess, but- I, I guess her, yeah, mark it down on the sheet. I guess you win that one. Although we both actually said <laughs> it had a greater than 50% chance, amazingly. Uh, now, this is another one where it was a no bet, at least as of that time, although it could have been reopened. <laughs> if Kyrie were traded to the Lakers, two firsts, unprotected or less uh and i guess he's not traded lakers but they did offer the two first unprotected so i don't think we ever we don't have the numbers in there i think we eliminated them because it was just considered a no bet but i mean that's fascinating and it's fascinating to me danny that even after the anti-semitic fiasco Kyrie's trade value apparently was much higher during the season than in the summer although you know i mean maybe i don't i don't think the lakers were willing to offer that maybe the nets should have taken it at that point maybe they just were like no we're not going to do that because then we got this kd thing to deal with we want to try to get KD, kd back in the fold we can't do that without Kyrie, so we're going to not really entertain trading Kyrie. but and also they i mean probably the other reason they didn't want to do it at the time was because just taking on westbrook would have just totally fucked their season for this year he would would have just been like really untradeable as this just this big block of 47 million on their books so but but it is really interesting that it seems like Kyrie with less of a season to play and with this controversy I mean I guess just because he played well this year and was a good teammate aside from that or whatever or or because teams reassessed where they were and yeah 
the desperation I think that's, was higher. I think that's yeah. the more likely element here. Yeah. No, well, I, and the, I, and the parallel all... there, the parallel there to me in some ways is Vucevic, someone that we thought they, well, this is back when he was on the Magic. We thought they waited too long and they ended up getting more for him than we expected because what team evaluated him differently. And last, Danny, we had this one after the anti-Semitic controversy. The odds that Kyrie Irving misses games due to an off-court controversy this season. He did, in fact, miss the game that we did for the NBA strategy stream yesterday. What what a wild game, by the way. We're not going to go through it in detail, but that was... Now, now it wasn't officially missing it due to an off-court controversy. He was listed as out with calf tightness, but he hadn't been on the injury report before that. And then Haynes reported after that that they were going to hold him out until the trade deadline. So I think we're it's pretty fair to say that he did miss this game due to an off-court controversy. And it's especially fair for us to give it that way because both of us had it below 50%, so we lose points on it. So that's us. It's us hurting it's us hurting our own numbers at least a little bit. Yeah, but but you uh you you win again uh on this one. You had a 40% chance, I had a 30% chance. So you're hitching my wagon to Kyrie Star. I'm just as dumb as Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah, you're you're you to you are to Kyrie Irving Watfos as I am to Ben Simmons Watfos. <laughs> May we never do a Ben Simmons Watfo again. Okay, so we're an hour in here, and I want to talk a little bit just about some of the players who are involved in this trade. And we'll start with Kyrie Irving. And one of the things that stuck out is just as I looked at the stats is he's shooting the best two-point percentage of his career, 56%, and he's shooting 53.4% on long twos. Uh, some of the other stats from Seth, he is seventh in the NBA in Seth's uh, shot-making points statistic which says hey if the average player were taking shots that are this contested from the same locations you are what would they be shooting on it compared to you and how many points do you add with your ability to make those difficult shots so seventh in the nba that's pretty good Uh, obviously the shooting that he and kd have had for mid-range has been uh completely batshit insane he also just overall is much better uh, this season i I think that was kind of lost a little bit last year that in coming back and a lot of that was just this only playing road games thing uh you know he didn't play as well he had one of his worst seasons last year and he's been much much better this season thinking about solving the non-luka minutes uh, irving is at 42 percent total usage this year we don't don't have a way to break that down with the numbers seth is giving us uh, in terms of like what that's like with kd on or off the floor but he's managed to keep the nets afloat okay without kd that's on there five and seven or i guess four and seven when he was playing they won without him the other game and as you've watched Kyrie this year danny is there anything that's kind of stuck out for you just watching him is he just the same same old guy or or is there anything new that you've seen i wondered about the fit of irving and durant in terms of the idea that they both are capable off-ball players even if they play a lot on ball and we haven't seen as much of that you know Kyrie playing with kd or even i mean ben simmons if you want to make him a priority in any respect here And we haven't seen much of Kyrie as a spot-up guy. I'm guessing we will see more of that in Dallas because otherwise it would so fundamentally, thoroughly change the concept of their offense. Yeah, and Kyrie is actually shooting better on threes that are self-created rather than spot-up looks. He's only 36% on spot-up threes, but he's hit open threes pretty well in his career. He's been around 40%. So I'm not, like, A, he's not going to get left in those situations. And I'm not worried that he's going to be, you know, turn in 
into like James Harden or Chris Paul, these guys who are like are good shooters when they have the ball, but just like won't take a spot up. Like I don't, that's not going to be the case for Kyrie. As I watched the three pointers, like he's willing to take deep ones, particularly off the dribble. He doesn't have the absolute fist, uh, fastest release, particularly in spot up situations. He kind of gets his legs into it a little bit more, but he has a high release. And of course he's able to get separation. Uh, he doesn't quite have the same quickness that he used to a few years ago. Uh, you know, a lot of his attacks and kind of near the dotted line where he's able to use his handle to get to where he wants to go on the floor, but he's not really getting a blow by all the way to the rim. A lot more of his looks also are fake the guy out, get his hips turned a little bit, look, make like he's going to attack the basket and then get to a quick pull up, get that release off a little bit faster, pop and, and rise up. He's very quick rising up off the dribble from the mid-range from short mid-range he also has that lefty floater game that he likes to get to likes to use the glass from either angle from about 10 feet or so either on pull-up jumpers or or floaters contested finishing has been solid for a guard 56 percent, but not amazing uh, you know, I think that's something with Dallas where he might have more space to work with possibly. And really like most of his like ball handling wizardry, it's really more to get to his jump shot at this point. He also is just more comfortable in isolation than pick and roll. And a lot of his work as a pick and roll passers has been either to the shooter one pass away or, you know, maybe a few passes to the roll guy, but he's not, he's not a prober as a, a pick and roll ball handler where he's, he's getting into the lane. I, that's what I'd like to see more from him is that kind of Chris Paul like game because his handle is so good and he's not blowing by guys anymore, but he's just not that level of passer generally. Like he's kind of, he'll have these games where you can tell he's like, Oh, I'm really going to pass tonight, but he's then he'll kind of blending the passing and the scoring isn't as good. Like it, a lot of the passes that he makes out of pick and roll are the defense is loaded up to him before he really starts his attack. And then he'll make the pass once he kind of gets into his dribble moves. Like he can kind of get his head down a little bit. He doesn't make great passes once he's kind of begun his move. And all that is fine because they also, he's going to be playing with Luka Doncic. But as we think of him potentially solving these non-Doncic minutes, that's always something to keep in mind that he hasn't been, I, I think he elevates an already good offense more than he carries a a bad offense as much which makes the early part of his career alongside lebron james so fascinating because he just never really got that opportunity and one more stat or or the early early part of his career before lebron even got there too sure he he was great individual statistics uh but you know he never really pushed cleveland to do anything um so we have it out there cleaning the glass offensive rating irving on durant off 116.7 that's 70 second percentile that's totally respectable and they especially yeah this has probably been his best year with that actually there was a stretch earlier in the season where those numbers were a lot worse the nets were also playing way worse overall lineups during that stretch they just hadn't gotten the front court guys back yet and Jock yeah. Vaughn took over and things got better than two. Can talk a little bit about Spencer Dinwiddie now uh, as well. And he's been good. Uh, I mean, he's shooting 40% on threes as a Dallas Maverick. It had not been at that level before, but uh, the most important thing for him as a Maverick and maybe a little bit less so as a net, but still important is shooting 45% per assess stats on team created threes, but still 36% on self-created threes. Like he can get to those shots. A uh, big difference with Kyrie in terms of how he's taking some of his shots. Like Dinwiddie gets to the rim a little bit more. doesn't finish as well. I, I think Dinwiddie actually has like a little bit more explosion just in a straight line than Kyrie, but he doesn't have the mid-range game. Kyrie's taken 7.3 long twos per 
100 possessions, Dinwiddie has taken 2.7. So basically a third of what Kyrie is taking. And Dinwiddie just shoots, you know, kind of mid-40s average on that. Kyrie, of course, is elite there. So Dinwiddie is not the ISO guy that Kyrie is. I think he's a little bit better of a passer, though. It has more size defensively. And Dinwiddie, when you look at his shot making, a lot of it's come from three. But he's actually got 88 shot making points uh, added this year with the shots that he's taking. So that's uh, not that far behind Kyrie, though Dinwiddie has played more. And I just thought watching that Warriors game on Saturday, the last game he would play for the Mavs, uh, I thought he was getting to the basket pretty well. And he was there playing without Luca. He's again, he doesn't get to the foul line as much as he used to and doesn't finish as well as he used to as a net before the ACL. But he's been really, really solid, I think. As uh, so again, he's a he's been a little bit more of a scorer than he was in Brooklyn with the Mavs, but he's certainly now well practiced playing off of a, a ball dominant star. And I think he'll be a, a solid starter for the Nets. Speaking of playing off of ball dominant star dorian finney smith this year you know the the kind of his place within the mavericks offense is remarkably similar his three-point attempt rate his two-point attempt rate two-point attempt rate is actually down a little bit but largely we're in the same ballpark with him the reason why finney smith's efficiency has dropped is that last year he shot 40 percent on threes and 60 percent on twos those are down to 36 and 56 respectively so those two in conjunction you know that makes you about four percent less efficient as a player which is roughly what he's been yeah and particularly we talked about this a little bit but it's, it's probably worth it for to reiterate the stats here he takes threes that playing with Luka Doncic are basically about as open as you're going to get in the league and so his expected three field goal percentage is 37.8 I mean that's once you get above 38 that's basically as open as you can possibly be that the so he's shooting below league average on very open shots a 2.3 percent worse than league average and over the last two years 80 percent of his three-pointers have been uncontested now I thought it's very interesting looking at Royce O'Neal this season Royce O'Neal about the same 80 percent of his threes are uncontested i would consider these guys as fairly similar shooters i think finney smith maybe is a little bit faster and higher release uh offensively one thing finney smith does provide that i think could be useful for brooklyn is he does get on the offensive glass six percent offensive rebounds he likes to crash in from the corner and then the biggest thing is on defense and i do think he's an upgrade probably on what tj warren is having slowed down a little bit uh, what o'neill is as well he's got more athleticism than him you wish that he were a little bit more of a playmaker defensively, but this is a situation unlike in Dallas where he's going to have Kevin Durant. He's going to have Nick Claxton behind him. This is a, a Nets team that has been at the top of the league and shot blocking. So I think he can focus more on what he's good at, which is moving his feet well. Now, I noticed in some of his ISO film in Dallas that he doesn't have elite length to contest and he's not like a really quick pop athlete and so like guys can kind of get to a spot and rise up over him but i also noticed that he was laying off a little bit i think part of that is that he knew he didn't have great rim protection behind him and he does have the pretty quick feet so i think maybe he could be a little bit more aggressive in some of these isolation situations and not give up mid-rangers as easily knowing that you have the likes of kd and claxon behind him if he does get beat but he himself is not a huge playmaker as a, a steals and blocks guy and he's not you know gonna crazy pressure the ball so he the thing that i noticed about him is he it's very rare that he's getting blown by in an isolation but he's also not like making guys as uncomfortable as they're pulling up over him 
So I don't think he's a true shutdown guy. And you know, this is one of those things where he's on a good contract for now, but if the shooting slips a little bit or the athleticism, the defense slips a little bit, all of a sudden you're talking about more of a, a bench player. And that's the sort of thing for a role player that can happen as you get into your, I think he's 29 right now, Danny. So uh can happen over the next couple of years. But for now, you know, I think he's a guy who's going to slot in probably as a starter. KD has been very complimentary of his game. I don't think we're going to get to all of the news today, but we definitely do need to discuss the Steph curry injury it occurred against these dallas mavericks in the third quarter on saturday night and the injury mechanism was an interesting one a lot of people were speculating that it was an mcl i didn't think that it was and uh, i'm always happy when brian Suter and jeff stotts are on the same page as me the reason i didn't think it was an mcl like you could kind of see it looked like his leg the knee went inward which is sort of a similar mechanism to the mcl but when it was mckinley wright need him in the side of the leg his foot wasn't planted and so it looked like it was more of a contusion type of injury but it is a a little bit beyond that Danny would you like to try to pronounce what the Golden State Warriors said this is I would not (laughs) I I think I have only (laughs) heard it Uh, I've only seen it in print but is their press release said he suffered partial tears to his superior tibiofibular ligaments and intero interosseous i think is how i would say uh membrane as well as a contusion to his lower leg so this is below the knee and the injury mechanism really not only was there a contusion but it happened at an angle where it essentially pushed the fibula forward relative to the tibia and those are the two bones in the lower leg the tibia is the big bone that's your shin bone that's the one that carries all the weight and the fibula is the one next to that and so what you imagine is that it's kind of hitting the back lateral aspect of the leg and just pushing the outside of the leg that bone on the outside forward relative to the bone that's close to the inside of the leg and then there are ligaments in between those two bones that essentially are getting sprained and it's somewhat of a similar thing to a high ankle sprain where you have that same thing that happens but that's lower down in the shin bone but you think of what it's like you're gonna have a lot of pain there there's instability those two bones aren't like locked together the way they need to be and so that's going to cause a lot of pain there's also a contusion in area where there's a nerve that wraps around the leg right there so that could be leading to some additional pain as well the initial reporting is that he's out at least through the all-star break i think the all-star break should be helpful here and jeff stotts said the best comparison he thought was a subluxation of the patellofemoral joint i think is what ptfj is what that stands for so uh, that's kind of a similar injury in in that area and that sideline smart for 37 days back in the 2015-16 season so 18 games curry presumably would miss fewer because uh, of the all-star rate he's not going to play in uh, all-star weekend so there'll be a replacement there and someone will probably get overpaid in the future as a result of that and maybe not they're actually a lot of deserving guards in the west so it's probably not necessarily the case uh so let's say curry is going to miss i mean maybe the best case scenario is he comes back after the break they're playing 11 of their next 13 games against other west contenders so these will be important games i'm gonna say you know probably looking at at least 10 games missed again here now as the warriors have been trying and failing to gain momentum so many times this season is this a big deal it closes the door on the most optimistic scenarios for the warriors they a top four seed would require them playing better without 
Curry on the floor. They've had some better stretches. You know, they've they've weathered that, some. They're of, seven and seven without him this yeah. year. Yeah, so they've weathered some of those storms. If like, but the odds are, you know, even if the teams are really bunched up right now, odds are one or more teams are going to have strong stretches, and so they're going to the push this advantage up a little bit, and then the Warriors would theoretically have to make that up. We're already almost fifty five games into the season. I think the Warriors have played fifty three. So even if so, if he misses ten games, then you have roughly 20 to make it up and i don't i don't think that's quite enough time so top four to me seems extremely unlikely top six tough but not you know like tough possible but i wouldn't say that's necessarily the most likely in the world and so that a likely puts you in the play and mix b means that you're playing as a road team if you make it in you're playing as the like the the inferior seed in however many rounds you make it and well i mean you could even go back to that celtics game or numerous other things like there's a reason to believe that the warriors best play is really dangerous that is an extremely uncommon road for a conference finalist much less a conference champion or nba champion for a reason yeah and you're probably playing either the nuggets or the grizz on the road in round one even if you do make it out of the play and i I still think if they get to a top succeed and also i think getting just that week off not having to play in the sure. game would be very important for this team. I and mean, that's another aspect of this is just Draymond Green is really getting run into the ground this year. And he's been, I think, easily their second best player. And maybe they could survive this. You know, but Andrew Wiggins has been terrible since he came back from injury too. He's going to have to start playing a lot better. Uh, they went back to the starting lineup with Looney. And I guess they'll stick with that. I think Kerr kind of came to the conclusion that they just need to defend better. And I, I would have gone back to that as well. They took Poole out of the starting lineup again. So we'll see maybe this... I don't know what this is going to mean for them potentially making a trade as well. Is there? But I, the type of player they'd be trading for isn't someone who's necessarily going to shore up like they're scoring. Like they have enough of those guys already. So you know, Clay Thompson, maybe he'll catch fire. Maybe Poole catch fire. Maybe they can still be competitive during this stretch. Uh, but I mean, there is a chance we will look back on this time as kind of the last gas for the Warriors. Now, let's say they don't even make it out of the play-in, or they don't even make it into the you know they're below the eighth seed or they just lose in the first round against a memphis or a nuggets rather meekly then you could say all right they just didn't have it this year regardless but perhaps there's a moment where they do look like hey maybe they could have pulled an upset in the first round and they just barely lose because they didn't have home court or you know they do pull an upset in the first round but then they can't get it done without home court in the second round or something and maybe we'll we'll look back at this as finally the moment when things change and of course if they don't make a deep playoff run you think that the likelihood of substantial changes next year uh, is much higher with the likes of bob myers and draymond potentially free agents and the tax bill and all that stuff it's a lot to take in and and hopefully we get to see Curry at his best before the end of the regular season, much less the playoffs. The absence will be it will be significant. It creates more of an opportunity. And and not only you mentioned the, the tough opposition, which makes it harder for the Warriors to win games, but also potentially some of those doubly important losses where, like, let's say it's against the Clippers or the Timberwolves, depending on what we're seeing as their brethren, like not only if you lose those games, you get an L, but they get a W as well. And so that could potentially pose some problems for them. And so this will be a big test for Jordan Poole, numerous other Warriors. And I, I'm sure they're th- they're not thrilled that they have to go through this again, but that's the nature of things sometimes. <sighs> 
All right. Well, should we do another Watfo on whether we'll have another podcast that's exclusively about Kyrie Irving this year? No. <laughs> when he wins finals MVP? Uh, okay. <laughs> I think we're done here. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks so much for being a subscriber. If you're listening on the public feed, I encourage you to sign up. We are offering uh, our best ever deal for a year membership i shouldn't say our best ever deal but the best deal we'll ever offer going for we had the founding memberships that were a better deal than this but those are gone forever now this is the best deal we'll ever be offering in the future and of course you can get the mock trade deadline still relevant although we didn't talk about Kyrie, but i don't think he messes up too much of what we talked about in that and of course you want to get our analysis you want to get me and john hollinger's analysis as well and you get seth partno in your inbox two or three times a week and dan is writing five days a week as well uh, for us and you can join our discord talk about all the trade deadline stuff there you get access to our salary sheets which have already been updated for this trade and will be updated in real time during the trade deadline yeah we got a lot of content and we hope that you will join us and if the finances are an issue we do offer reduced pricing for people in those circumstances so check out the pin tweet at nate duncan nba at the top of my twitter account for more details on that talk soon at bet365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every goal every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at bet365 21 plus only must be present in virginia if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply